I'm not a cloud in the sky. What's up? Oh. <laughs> I forgot what I was gonna say. Now I was on the track of something. I mean, it, I'm sure it was thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When did you start cutting your own hair? Uh, in lockdown, because I didn't have a hairdresser, so I needed to learn to cut my own hair. Well, that'll do, yeah. You should have just, like, grown it out and become, like, a sort of old-age Neanderthal and just, like, you know, <laughs> just, like, hopped from place to place and, like, grunted if you wanted something. I feel like, did, did no Why one else do that? that? my personality? Well, it's like, did no one else do that during lockdown, or was it just me? <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> what is it with you two? I just, I feel... I feel like all this, all this, all this episode's going to be is me just like coming up with embarrassing stories of when Lucy was little. Just yeah, to like just absolutely ripping out. into me. We should probably mention at some point that you are related and that this isn't just you picking on our guest. <laughs> I was going to say, is there not an intro? That there is, but this is like what we same. like to call the banter portion, or, or we do like banter a warm portion, up. where it's like right. a sort of warm up, get some good stuff in there. Um, and then at some point we do about five takes of the intro before settling on the worst one. <laughs> uh, I've got this, okay. right? I've got this necklace and it's got Scorpio written on it. I don't know if you can really read it, right? It's one of my favourite necklaces. And then I found out that they just, I think like Love Island has these or something. No, wow. um, a, girl on, a girl on Love Island had it, like one girl, and then it became a trend. Yeah, it became a trend, but it was after I bought the necklace. So I was absolutely, I had it for like a week and then everyone was doing it. And I'm not trying to be that person that was like, I did it first, but I did it first. You kind of are that person though. Like, no, I don't but know, like... why are you trying to lie to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't want to wear it in public so people don't think I watched Love Island. Okay. I mean, I feel like and... you're just shitting on people who watch Love Island. But I mean, like, yeah, right, I rightly so. But <laughs> I just feel like I we am. should... Okay, shout out to anyone who watches Love Island, you're all cocks. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Right, Lucy, talk us through Love Island. Just just give us the rundown. Basically... Oh, wait, no, I think we should just guess. Okay. Okay, and, and, then, and then you and tell then us you how it actually... Tell us. So, yeah. okay. there's this big house on an island. And there's people that go to it. One day, they decided that there was too much hate on the island so they decided to love instead and ian sterling was there as well are we in the right ballpark and and, and also some <laughs> men <laughs> some men take their tops off and the girls like some them. all men yeah. something like that very much so especially the last sentence Cool. Would it help if I did it in an Ian Sterling impression? Yes, please. <laughs> the contestants need the door. Right, but no, have... like, what what actually happens? Like, can yeah, you please know. can you please talk me through it? Okay, so basically, all these people, these group of girls and group of boys, they all apply for this show where they go away for a couple of weeks. I don't know how many weeks. I think it's like ten weeks or something. That's a few. And um, yeah, it's like all over the summer, and um they couple up with each other they like choose in the beginning so sometimes it's the girls that pick the boys and sometimes it's the boys that pick the girls Ooh, and they choose spicy. like a person based on looks and they all step forward if they want to couple up and then they couple up and they see if they like each other and at the end of every week someone gets eliminated so then sometimes people get eliminated in couples but sometimes people's couple partner like gets eliminated 
So that sounds like the most like I would hate it there because some yeah. like I would just like I I would go there and my self worth would skyrocket downwards. <laughs> like I would I would I watch these not. beautiful people like couple up and I would look at like my my face with my fuck and I'd be like I'm a, I'm a tap out here. Cannot, I'm a tap out here. I cannot imagine you spending one episode on Love Island. <laughs> Imagine me on Love Island. Like it would just be, I'd be sitting there in the corner, like in a scuba suit. (laughs) Like, but on a serious note, like, is it not the most biggest pile of pish ever? I would agree with you, but also think about the amount of people that made a career out of being on that show. Like, so many people from Love Island are so rich because then, they get loads of people. On okay, but what happened to the girls from, like, Two Girls, One Cup? Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they've done they've done all right. And they did fuck all. I'm do just saying follow, you can you still... follow ha- their career? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I feel like you can have a very short-lived career from doing basically everything. Anything. Take a look at our channel, yeah. for example. <laughs> you know that I am a hundred followers away on TikTok from being in the creator fund. What does that mean? It means they pay me for videos, I suppose. Carl, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, what Lucy. What are we gonna do on TikTok? Well, this is a question for Lucy. Lucy, you make videos for looking pretty. Is there a sort of area for people who make videos looking ugly? <laughs> <laughs> In which case, sign me up. <laughs> I actually am Princess Diana, so try and try and dispute that conspiracy theorists. How old? Are you? How old, how old are you? <laughs> Isn't it mad that the Queen has a last name? What's her last name? Windsor. Elizabeth. Windsor. Oh. Windsor. <laughs> 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 she she her first name's Queen. <laughs> <laughs> her middle name's Elizabeth. Her second name is the second. <laughs> her first name is the. Her second name is Queen. <laughs> right, I'm gonna pop a paracetamol real quick because. <laughs> Material girl. <laughs> Hello. Sounding good. Okay, I'll do hi then. Hello! 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 Help is on the way, daddies! I love that movie so much, but then I watch it back and it's like really transphobic. And I just yeah. sort of be like. Any movie from the, ni- the late 90s slash early 2000s is just somewhat homophobic, just racist, like... sexist. You name just it. Just like, I'm watching it like one eye open. One eye open when I'm sleeping. One eye. Anyway. The question is no longer to be or not to be. It's what the what dog do. <laughs> I like to think like historians in a hundred years. Just find this footage. Just find this footage and they like 
what is the dog doing? <laughs> and then it's like his, like fucking, um, like you know those documentaries on history from like tens of thousands of years ago. It's like they never discovered what the dog did <laughs> or what he'd be doing. We believe, we believe the dog had some significance, perhaps like a deity. Uh, <laughs> And we connected him as far back as ancient Rome, <laughs> where he still be doing stuff to this day. Hello, Hello. 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 and welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the Bitchcraft and Faggotry podcast with me, Kyle Broadhurst. Me, Noir Daisy. And joining us today is um We're kind of cool. related. We're related. Um we share we share last names. Um What is this? <laughs> we share last names and <laughs> It's his sister, guys. It's Lucy. <laughs> this is, yes, this is my little sister, Lucy Broadhurst. Hello. Hey, Queen. <laughs> Lucy, welcome to the show. <clears throat> Tell everyone at home a little bit about yourself, your pronouns, and just like, just go off. Just, just let Pop us off. know. Okay. Um. <laughs> How do you speak about yourself? I don't know. So I am called Lucy. I am called Lucy. Okay. Uh, I used to be a student nurse, but then I decided that was boring. So now I'm a makeup artist. And that's what I do with my life. That is the only thing I do with my life. <laughs> my pronouns are she, her. And give us three fun facts about yourself. I'm fun, I'm festive, and I'm, I'm freaky. <laughs> I'm fun, I'm festive, and I'm a bit of a freak. <laughs> and there we are. <laughs> and I love yogurt. <laughs> That's a throwback to an older joke that for is, those of you who've been listening. That is never occurring. <laughs> I think I look like someone's dad from the 70s. <laughs> you look like just... someone's dad who's like repressed his gayness and is finally coming to terms with himself. <laughs> So today's episode is sort of like focusing in on grief and loss, um, which we have all experienced to some degree. Um, but the reason Lucy's here is because uh, myself and her went through sort of like a stream of grief and loss. We lost our granddad, our nan and our brother in the space of a year. So, you know, sort of from our experience, she was the best person I thought could come on to sort of discuss that. Because um, this journey has been really quite significant to me um in in sort of my sort of growing 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 with that situation and um learning to cope with it and um i think it's important to talk about these things with the people closest to you and people that can understand you from that perspective uh and i think it's also really important for us to be on here on a platform like this speaking about this stuff because I don't think it's something you can ever really properly prepare yourself for and even me even us being here talking about it is is good but you know should you ever be in the unfortunate position to go through this it's not you know it's not it'll help but it's not going to take that away but we we just have to try and do what we can for people so um 
Lucy, do you mind talking about the experience for you and how it felt and, and sort of how it's changed you? Um, I think it's kind of hard to explain that, but it, it kind of all started when I was in a really key part of uh, high school. Mm. Um, when I was doing my exams, my first ever exams, I think I was in S3, S4. Mm. So I was doing like national fives. And uh, it kind of was, it's hard to explain how I dealt with it because I feel like I didn't really deal with it until after I was done. Mm-hmm. I think now, the person that I am now, I've finally dealt with it because I gave myself time after the time it actually all happened to deal with it. So it kind of, I don't know, it's hard to explain. No, I get that sort of like shell shock that you sort of have around yeah. it. It's sort of like, it's, it's like your entire world just sort of like gets shaken and you don't know what to do, so you just kind of default, you know? You just kind of like okay well I, I can just do what I know which is to sort of do what I'm already doing but that's like not good because it means that you're just sort of pushing it back does that make sense and Daisy sort of similar question how how did it feel for you going through the grief in your life I think it was a slightly different experience because the the main grief for me was my mum's my mum not my mum uh my best friend's mum who was kind of like my sort of my mum as well mm. but when you're in that position where it's not directly a family member but rather you know basically a family member not biologically a family member your first priority is not yourself but it is that person who has just lost their mum their brother their sister their grand like you know what i mean so you can't really focus on how you feel because you need to be there for them. At the time, it doesn't matter how you feel. Because if you, if I turn around in that moment and started talking about me, that is so unbelievably selfish. And that's just not something that even crosses your mind because your first priority is, yeah, shell shock and oh my fucking Christ. You don't even think. Your mind just mm. kind of goes blank and yeah, you do kind of slip into default. But when you are the person that almost, you know, has to then sort that other person out. Yeah, you do just kind of mm. like fall into that category of just like whatever you need and you sort of just become a sort of pole for them to lean against, which is, I think, a different experience in my opinion. I think in some ways, yeah, but I know for definite, like in my in my experience, especially with Lucy, funnily enough, like, going through that a lot of my responsibility fell on you know are my family all right and obviously with dad dad and granddad Mm. because it was our shared nan and granddad it was like is lucy okay you know so i don't know if that's deflecting or because i'm in like an older brother situation like it's it just i default to that but i definitely felt that a lot of of um the responsibility that i had to not fix the situation but obviously that's not the right word i think the point of us doing this or why i think we should be doing this is because it's awful like is awful and i know we are absolutely going to stitch in like bits of us laughing and having a good time absolutely 100 percent. because throughout all of this stuff i think you need to remember the sort of stuff that makes you smile 
um, I kind of want to talk about memories we have of the people in our lives, like good memories, things that make us laugh about the people. Uh, if any, if anyone has any that they would like to share. Well, Lucy, do you mind? Because obviously, uh, to focus in on our older brother Ryan, you and him spent a lot of time together when you were younger. Mm-hmm. What was your relationship with him like? I like to tell people that he's like my best friend because before I even like knew what it was like to have a lot of friends and grow up and like have those complex friendships with people, I already had that relationship with Ryan and I still did like until like I was 15 I think when he passed away. So I was really 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 close with him. And like when I lost him, it just felt like I was missing that person that taught me to be who I was. Like he shaped me as a person. Like I am the way I am because I was close with him. Mm-hmm. You know. I I don't think I realized his importance in my life fully until he passed, and I felt really guilty for that um, because. Obviously, he's my brother, and I love him very much. And I, I'm, you know, but when he passed, I realized how much of me was him, and how much I'd learned from him, and how many like core memories of my life revolved around him. And it's like, it's that awful tragedy with these sort of things that you sort of come away from it and go, I didn't realize all this stuff, and I kind of wish I had because I would have said it sooner. But you can't, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, because you can't, I think you can, it can get very easy for you to default to that's something I've done wrong or I should have, I should have spent more time with this person or, you know, etc, etc. But you can't, you can't do that. You can't do that because you do that with the people in your lives now. You know, you, you can't, there are situations and factors and, and things around the situation that are preventing that and it, you don't you're not doing it because you're a bad person or you think any less of them. It's just you, you are who you are and we all have lives and we all have things to do, you know? <laughs> I ever think that when you lose someone that important to you, it really changes the way that you think about people and the way you treat people. Yeah. I think that it, you do improve somehow. I think people who haven't lost as many or what's the word like, if they haven't lost someone at all, maybe even that like you treat people differently and you don't fully understand what it means to be there for people no i agree i think like i went through sort of like a afterwards going going through what i went through i was i was doing my bachelor's at the time so i was i went away from doing from this this thing that happened to going into like writing my dissertation and doing performances and just having to go on stage and just sort of like bat it all away and just not think about it and sort of play up someone else, which is a really, if you are an actor listening, is an incredibly unhealthy thing to do. But sometimes, unfortunately, you can't you can't stop everything even as much as you want it to, you know. So, so I came away from that and when I went back to that environment and heard people talking about things that annoyed them, like, oh, so-and-so did this the other day or so-and-so did that the other day there's this weird clarity that you get through that sort of loss that makes you go this is also like <laughs> this is, yeah what are, you, what are you complaining about you know and it's not in a way that you're trying to be like my 
my issues are worse than yours. It's just, you go, these are the people in your life. Like, you can't, <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Um, which has provided me a lot of clarity in the relationships that I've, I've developed and the friendships. It's, it's given me sort of the allowance to let people do what they have to do on their journeys and, and sort of not just worry about myself, but, but do you know what I mean? Just sort of like take a back seat more and not, and let people understand things on their own. Daisy, so we can, could we talk about the significance of, um, Lena in your life? First of all, it's Lena. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult because I think that when you spend so much time with somebody, it's difficult to just to, to sort of say this without it being sounding really awful, but it, it's like <laughs> I was gonna say it's like household furniture. Oh <laughs> my god! Really, really great. But what I'm trying to say is that it's things that like surround you every single day, and you know they're there. You don't have to like question it. You know, you don't walk into the kitchen and go, I wonder if the fridge is there today. Like, of course it's there, it's the fridge. But it's like, you know, whenever I imagine my like childhood, like growing up, it was always mm. Lena in that house with Louise, with Eric, like, and then we'd go over and that was my childhood. And I mean, there's so many fucking funny memories that me and Louise talk about like to this day. Um, some of which obviously are private and then some of them are, you know, more for the, the public. There are just some people that have always been there since you can remember. Yeah. And you just, you don't not appreciate them, but they're just there and yeah. you know that they're there and you've never questioned that they're there. Mm -hmm. And then the second that they're not there, like everything's weird and you, you can't quite explain it, but it's just all the time something's off mm -hmm. like do you know what i mean it's like something's mm. off and you know you don't yeah it's just when something that you are so used to is no longer there you do question it you know it's like imagine walking into the kitchen there's no fucking fridge you're like where Mm. Where's my food? <laughs> Where's the fridge? <laughs> you know, and maybe this is my eating disorder talking, but because I keep using kitchen analogies, but you know what I mean? It's like, it is, it's, it's that like, thing. <laughs> it's like you've got the bread, the bread knife. <laughs> <laughs> like you're making a sandwich and then maybe you eat too. But you, you know what I mean though? It's like, no, it, you know, if, you, know you, if you have something that is consistently there and is just a presence in your life that, it's not like, oh, you know, they, they stormed in and they made such a big entrance and they, it's like, no, like they were, they were just someone that is, was all, I remember being there all the time. Mm. Um, and then they weren't. And I think that when they're not there, that's the bigger thing. Mm. That's the thing you remember is the, when they're not there, when they suddenly disappear and you're like, oh. I think the, the grief, the grief of the loss for me were like very different because like my nan and my granddad is like, they were older. You know, you sort of ex not expect it, but you know what I mean. It's like you know, you know, it's gonna happen at some point in your life. A sibling dying is like you just you can't like you can't, especially at such a young age. It's just like how do you even? It just it just hits you. But and then having said that, you know, we spent oh oh. You know, I don't know how much of it you remember, Lucy, but we spent so much of our childhood in and out of hospitals for Ryan. 
you know, we were just, we were just, it was like a second home. I remember when I was in high school, uh, I was, I was in a science class and my teacher got a phone call and she went, she just, she just listened and she went, Kyle, uh, your brother's in the hospital. And I just looked at her and went, okay. And carried on with my work and she stopped me and she was like, no, you're, you're going to go see him. But that was how commonplace it was that I didn't even put it in my mind to be like, oh, okay, that's something serious, you know? So I say that we didn't know it was happening, but I suppose we did. It was just, it's that thing of you, you don't know when you're young, you don't know your own mortality, but I guess you also don't know other people's mortality. You just sort of assume the people in your life are just going to be there. You know? Does that make sense? Mm. Lucy, what was your experience growing up with um, your brother being in and out of hospital? Uh, I think that I don't specifically remember being a kid and him being in hospital, but I do know uh, a lot about recent times because Um. I was very close to him and he would speak to me all the time about like private things that he wouldn't speak to anyone else about. So I was aware of like his symptoms and how he felt and I was often texting like his boyfriend or mom or something just to get them to help him because he said something that would have frightened me by accident. Like he didn't mean to frighten me. He was just, he just trusted me with that information. But like often it really scared me. Like the thought of losing him scared me my whole life because I remember we had a conversation together when I was about, eight or nine and he told me that his doctor had told him that he wouldn't live past 21 and that was like a lot of information for me to process at that age so like I think from early on I always worried about him like all the time because I just kept thinking like oh I don't want to lose him now I don't want this to happen now yeah I should really take a section to talk about my nan as well and my granddad because um never would you have met someone a couple before in your life who you could not believe were a couple (laughs) the way they spoke to and treated each other my one of my favorite memories of them two together so they used to argue all day every day from dusk till dawn it wasn't really my granddad it was just my nan was ready to fight at any given moment (laughs) so if he was like within wind of her he would get in trouble Um, which I think is where I get my sort of like feisty <laughs> like ready to fight attitude from. Um, one of my favourite memories is um, she used to send him to the shop for things every so often. Um, my granddad was really sweet. Like if he went to the shop, he would bring you something back. Like he would bring, he would always bring me back a cake or something like that. He was really, really lovely. Jam donuts. Jam donuts. Like he would just, <laughs> he would just go. Like he's the reason I'm fat. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Broadhurst. <laughs> he would just like he would come in and he would just like sort of throw a cake at you as, as he went by <laughs> um but so she sent him out to get a trifle oh god <laughs> typical old person she, trifle. she went can you go get a trifle lord knows what she needed it for because my nan never had any guests so she wanted like a full trifle i guess to herself um, <laughs> why not an icon <laughs> And um, he, God bless him, he couldn't find a trifle in the shop, so he came back with a mull of fruit corner. 
<laughs> as like as like the next best thing. <laughs> like, like not even like other cakes. Like just, just vanilla fruit corn. A tiny yogurt. <laughs> like nothing close to a trifle. She used to, she used to like go about the house. She used to babysit us a lot as kids. And she used to, we used to play about in the living room and stuff. We used to run about the place and she used to yell something ridiculous. She would be like, but she used to say this thing that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but but that was the, was the thing she said. She used to go, she used to look at us dead in the eyes and she used to go, right, you've had your chips. <laughs> do, you, do you have any funny memories of, because you and Nan, you and Nan were really quite close. Lucy used to. Uh, Lucy now watches TV with the subtitles on because my <laughs> yeah. used to do it. <laughs> no, it's really bad. I can't watch anything without subtitles. I hate going to the cinema because I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> you can see it perfectly. Yeah, Lucy no, I, I don't like... know why. It's like the way I am now. Yeah. She was like four years old, knitting and watching Coronation Street <laughs> with the subtitles on. That's, that describes so much of who you are now as a person. No, really, it does. Because I was obsessed with Nan. I just thought she was such an icon. So I wanted to be her. She is. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really, really wanted to be her. But oh, my favourite story of Nan is this one time. Well, not even one time. It happened all the time. She would get like phone calls, like from PPI people or something. I don't know if you get those. You get like random trash calls, and they're like, "Have you yeah. had an accident at work? It wasn't your fault," and whatever. So Nan would get those, and she would just scream like, "Bugger off!" And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> on the phone. But she would just keep smacking the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I not even just put it down. Yeah, like just so that they would get the message. But if you think about it, it would have hung up the first time. So I can't, I can't emphasize the dynamic that went on in this house because it was just like my nan, this dictator, and my granddad that used to just like lock himself in his room and listen to Leona Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> and Boney M, the Spice Girls. Boney M, Spice Girls. Is that not the sort of Leona slight Lewis. dynamic that we have developed? <laughs> like, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out who's who. You know what I mean? Because there's a part I of me. I'm definitely my nan, and you're like listening to Leona Lewis. <laughs> no, but there are times when you do lock yourself in your bedroom and like, or in the shower. Listen or to Leona Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know that Nan told me a story about how when she was younger, before she went to high school, she was on the bus, like it was her first day. And she absolutely cursed out this woman on the bus because she had like this weird haircut. She was like, <laughs> right? What, what a haircut you've got, right? And then when she went into her class, it turns out the woman on the bus was her teacher. <laughs> Daisy, do you want to, I guess, can we get some like funny stories from like your childhood, like growing up? <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, because we've kind of, we've kind of spoken about a lot of things, but like obviously because you, you and Louise used to, play around together a lot like we did you... we experimented <laughs> do you just want to give us some like funny because i think like having that sort of like family like i never really had that growing up because i moved around schools quite a lot but like i never really had that like sort of like going around to my mate's house like and and sort of having that family outside of my own home so well the one that comes to mind is um at my so i've said this before but we, we lived in a very small area where it's like everyone knew each other and stuff um, and I used to 
you know, me and Louise used to show up to each other's houses, like, unannounced, just like, we're here, you know, you know the kind of thing where you just, you're that close to someone, you just walk into their house? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, take your shoes off, hi, as if you've just come home to your own house. We used to go to each other's houses, and there's this one time where it was quite late, and um, Louise was being fucking annoying. <laughs> Louise was being annoying, and she was just annoying everybody. It was me, Louise, our friend Aprily, another girl that I can't remember the name of and don't really care about. Um, and anyway, um, so it's the three of us. Actually, I think it was just the three of us. Okay, never mind. Cancel that. So I remember this one time. <laughs> I just wanted to take a side note to call that one girl out. <laughs> I remember this one time, it was um, me, it was really late at night, and it was me, Louise, and this other girl, Aprily, who we were all, like, really good friends. And Louise had been fucking annoying. <laughs> She'd been annoying Lena all night. Eric was there as well. He, Eric used to sit on the computer and play Farmville. Like, that was, he was just, like, just would sit there. That's iconic. Yeah. He, she'd, annoyed, um, a, she'd annoyed her mum. And her mum had shooed us out, right? Her mum had gone, mm. I've had enough. <laughs> Fuck off. So we all basically got out and we were sitting there like, right, what do we do? It's a small town. There are two parks and a co-op. What the fuck do we do? And bearing in mind, it's like 9pm, right? So we go, right, we'll go to the park, okay? So we're like, right, okay. We start to leave and then Louise goes, oh, but I want a drink. By this point, the, the shops are shut. So we're like, fuck, so we have to go back in. But instead of just walking in and being like, we want a drink, we thought, well, we can't go back in. Like, we actually cannot physically go back in, so we're going to have to sneak around the back. Now, Louise's back garden had a bit of a gate, so we mm -hmm. thought, okay, we're going to have to climb over the gate to get to the back garden, to open the back door, which led to the kitchen, grab a drink of squash, and then fucking go to the park. So my first point of call, because I'd watched lots of action movies at that point, um, was I'll jump over the gate. <laughs> now, anyone who knows me knows this is not something I can do ever at all. So I went to try and jump over the gate, um, really struggling, and it just sort of slowly swung open. <laughs> Actively, like, do it for about 20 minutes, right? So then swung open, and I cut myself, and I was like, okay, fine, whatever. So then now, you imagine there's a window, right? We're in the garden. Lena can hear us. <laughs> I should mention, like, we are being so unbelievably loud. <laughs> like, the loudest that anyone has ever been. We've got the window ledge, like, here, and it's um, Louise at the front, me, Aprily, right? Just behind each other. Um, and so we're kind of creeping underneath the windowsill, trying to sneak into the kitchen. Lena's in the kitchen. Again, she can see and hear us because you can see the tops of our heads just sort of bobbing up and down as we scream laugh. Um, so she's just sitting there like, <laughs> she's washing dishes. When she leaves, Louise is like, and I'm like, right, right, go, go, go. So she jumps in, grabs the shittest, weakest glass of squash. And as she goes to leave, Lena comes back in. And Louise screams. <laughs> Louise is like, ah! and then like runs back. We fucking sprint down the road. And Lena's just like, you could have just come in for a glass of squash. Like you literally could have just come in. Another time is, so we used to ask our parents for money all the time, right? For 
food and sweets and shit like that. And we'd go to the local shops, Finney's or Forties. Shout out to Finney's and Forties, y'all guys. The, the real G. Um, <laughs> That's Daisy's wreck for wreck for this literally, episode. Literally, Finney's and Forties. <laughs> so everyone would go to Forties because it was fucking elite, and I won't have any slander from anyone that I grew up with. If you think Finney's is better than Forties, grow up, grow the fuck up. Um, anyway, so we would get a couple quid and we'd go get sweets or whatever right so i went to louise's and i was like right have you got your money and she's like no my mum won't give me any more she's like making it out to be like my mum's like so mean she like won't give me any money and lena's like i gave you a tenner yesterday <laughs> like <laughs> shut the fuck up bitch so louise instead of just going because i said to louise i was like right i'll give you a quid we'll do it together she's like no 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 like i've got money she gets her massive piggy bank and she's like there's at least a fiver in here this piggy bank is filled with like pennies it's like one piece two piece maybe the occasional five p right so she's like oh, i'll just empty it and then i'll give him the, the coins now because this was almost like pick and mix you technically it was less weird to do that so i was like okay we'll like empty it like what well, do you mean we'll open it on our way there we'll count out like a couple quids worth and then we'll put the rest back right so we go up it's pitch black me and louise are fucking around she trips <laughs> The piggy bank smashes in this like alleyway, <laughs> pennies everywhere, <laughs> right? Oh Pen like down the drain, like just <laughs> in the cracks of like everything. So me and Louise are sitting there going, what the fuck do we do now? My mind goes, let's just run, <laughs> let's just leave, let us leave. And like, I'll, I'll get my mum to lend you some money, right? I'll be fine. The second I say that she's on the floor picking up the pennies, we spent 20 minutes picking yeah. up pennies, like, you know, in our hands, covered in dirt. It, again, like <laughs> fucking 9 p.m., pitch black, right? In this small alleyway leading up to the co-op, right? Fucking picking up pennies, putting them in our pockets. And then Louise has the audacity to be like, right, are we still heading to the co-op? I'm like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> And would you like to ask me if we ended up presenting these dirty pennies to, to the... You? Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and we bought a thing of Twix these bar. These two mole, mole children. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like pennies. Ryan was a drag, uh, drag queen and a, a performer. And I remember going to a show. I think you went with me, Daisy, mm -hmm. to a show. To, it was a, he, it was he stayed at ours that night, did he not? I'm pretty sure he, if he was well, then, performing in Edinburgh, then yeah, definitely. Yeah, the night before. Um, and uh, he went he went on to perform at this competition in Edinburgh, and um, as he walked on, now he did he didn't wear a lot of makeup, and he he did like a really old style of drag, which was like not very what you see sort of nowadays, which means it was met with a lot of skepticism. But I remember um, <laughs> he comes up this sort of like bare, pretty much barefaced drag queen in mm. front of this room full of gay people, and goes. Now I know what he <laughs> says. Now I know what you're all thinking. Now a real woman has not just walked up on the stage. <laughs> back in the day, back in the day, um, there was this. There was this. Um, I, I went to high school with someone. Someone who told me about this show um, called RuPaul's Drag Race, and I'd not even like. I'd never heard of it before. Um, I started watching it for some reason. I think I'd seen like little clips of it on YouTube and all that sort of stuff. So I started watching it 
And as it progressed, I remember thinking Ryan would really enjoy this. So I remember I went round to his one night and showed him an episode and it was just as season seven started airing. So I, uh, the first episode literally only just come out and I sent it to him and said like, you should watch this. And then before I knew it, Ryan was doing this because Ryan used to do this all the time. Like Ryan used to dress up in the house all the time. Like he used to dress up in bin bags. He used to, he had like his own costume cupboard full of wigs and stuff. He used to spend a lot of money on wigs. And to be honest, they never looked like they'd had money spent on them. <laughs> yeah, he used, to, he used to just have like this costume cupboard full of stuff. So it was something that he was always doing. And then one time he started doing drag from that. He used to say to me all the time, he was like, you know, you're the reason I started drag right now. I used to go, don't blame me for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it was just, it was just, it was just this, um, it was this thing. And then obviously when I started when I was 18, because I'd seen the show for so long, I started going out to bars and like actually supporting drag queens on the scene, which uh, and drag performers on the scene. Which, if you're doing, if if you're listening, please go support your local queens and performers and kings and everyone in between because they're just generally nice people. Okay, some of them are not, but <laughs> for the most part, having like a good queer space, I think we can all agree is like it's it's good to go out there and be a part of that community and and just support your local artist so please go do that also even if it's um, not your cup of, if, even if it's not your cup of tea it really can't hurt to just try do you know what i mean and you might find that you actually enjoy it i can't because... even explain like how someone who has only recently started going to drag shows how much it changes your life when you see one <laughs> in real life like you reevaluate your life choices when you go there, you're like, wow, I see things so much clearer now. I'm coming next week, I'm going the next Tuesday, the next Tuesday, you know? Like, it's like, it's like going life. from, it's like going from, especially as a queer person, it's like going from a part of your life that you weren't, like you kind of felt like you were on your own from, and then you go into a room full of people like you, you know, all there for the same reason. And that's, I think what Ryan flourished in, I think he flourished in that environment because he'd spent so long because there's so much we could talk about for Ryan's life, but Ryan was awfully bullied in high school for being gay. Like he was like shoved in the corridors. He was like, he had lit cigarettes thrown on him. It was, it was just awful. And I remember I was there for the year that he did his, his senior year. I was there and I saw how bad it was. It was just, it was awful. Um, but he used to wear, in response to all this, he used to wear eyeliner and, and high heels to school. So, <laughs> and I think honestly, there's trailblazers like that. People that can do that without fear of what people think of them are the people that we should look to really people that can just live life without having to worry about what other people think of them truly, honestly, and authentically. I, I try to be like, but I'm not, I'm not anywhere near what Ryan was at all, you know, and I do, and it's something that I've, I've focused on doing more for myself since he left is, is just, just, just taking steps in my life to just sort of embrace the side of me that is him. 100%. I'm definitely a lot like that. And there's this really lovely clip of Ryan. There's a video he did with one of his friends and I don't know if you've seen it, but they interview him like and he's in drag and they ask him all these questions. They've done a few videos like that and uh, they ask him a question about like why he does drag and like how he feels. 
and he says like out of drag he doesn't feel like he's his true self and he doesn't feel confident but as soon as he puts on his wig all of a sudden he's this like alter ego confident person and it's so lovely like you see how his face lights up when he talks about it it's like eye-opening really he didn't get acceptance from a lot of people in his life and I think like when you showed him that it kind of made him feel more comfortable like he had someone that was going to accept him you know so I think you did a good thing yeah I think that's the the takeaway point here is is um you know I think it's it's just accept people for who they are I think and um accept yourself for who you are um and I think that the world can be a, a much better place because of it. It just, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's just I've learned, I've learned so much through this experience, and um, I've learned a lot about myself through it as well. Like, I, I, I know that I'm a person that likes to solve issues kind of quickly, and um, I try to apply that to a lot of my life, and I realise how unhealthy that was and how little space I was giving myself to really take in situations. Um, and I learned a lot through grief that because I tried to be so like, um, okay, let's fix this situation and how do we fix this? And I, I really don't now believe that grief is like that. I believe it is something that happens and, and you kind of become a person around this situation, you know? You I know? think the loss of Ryan really brought us closer as a family as well. I think yeah. that's something good that came out of it. We're all a lot closer and we check up on each other and we make sure that we all know we're there for each other, you know? I think yeah. that is a good thing that came out of it. And yeah, and I think that's translated a lot to my friendships. I think after that happened, I sort of, you know, focused in on friendships in my life and sort of spent more energy, you know, sort of um, with with certain people as opposed to just sort of like about the place you know um i guess yeah i do sort of want to ask the question and we'll start with you lucy if you don't mind what advice would you give to somebody going through grief i think the most important thing is to take your time and allow yourself that time to really feel what you want to feel because i think it's really easy to tell yourself oh i can't be sad they don't want me to be sad I need to move on with my life. I need to get over it and be happy again. But I think it's really healthy to take your time and be upset and be sad so that you've given yourself that opportunity so that you can then move on. Because if you never give yourself that time to mourn their loss, then you're just going to keep thinking about it. and it's, You're not going to process it properly. I think that is one thing that I had to learn. And I learned it a lot later than I thought I would. Because when we first lost Ryan, I think that was the most devastating thing that's ever happened to me. And I think that I didn't understand how to deal with it until now. I think, I think grief and loss come in, in many different forms. So I think that if you have experienced different types of grief and loss, it doesn't just have to be kind of through death. It, it could also be by choice and that hurts just as much but i think that what you shouldn't do is is kind of compare losses because if you know if you if someone if you are feeling a certain way about the losses that you felt and then someone comes along and goes oh but this has happened to me it makes you feel like you're being silly about what's bothering you in terms of that and i think that as long as everyone's just very open about what they've experienced and how they've experienced it and it also like it i don't want to 
be the bearer of bad news, but it doesn't go away. At all. Like, it just... Anyone who tells you that the grief that they feel has gone away is lying to you. Like, there will always be a moment where you think of, of them, or you remember them, or you... I don't know, it, it could be anything. And I think that it just, over time, it gets easier to deal with. But it it's never easy. It's just that you don't go every single day without crying, basically. It, it, you know, it gets to the point where you can, when you do feel like you have those low moments, it's easier to communicate about how you're feeling and why you're feeling the way you are. Because when everything first happens, you go into shock and you don't know what to do. And as we discussed earlier, you do just kind of mm. go into like the default mode of, of either protector or you hide or both. So, yeah, I guess just allow yourself that time to process shit and then acknowledge that everyone's dealing with very difficult shit as well. Don't be too hard on yourself. Like, I think you can get really stuck in these moments and, and be like, why can't I get over this or... or you know there are so many you'll you'll blame yourself for things you'll get upset you'll get confused you'll get angry you will feel every emotion under the sun in a short space of time just go easy on yourself and just let the process happen and, and let the healing happen and just acknowledge that the healing is happening and and don't try to don't try to um, push it off or shake it off for anyone or anything um because anyone who wants you to be something you're not is not got your best interests at heart so that would move us on to our rep for rex for this episode now for those of you who haven't been here before our rep for rex section is just when me and daisy and the guest just suggest some things that we have been listening to watching reading interacting with eating uh, manifesting um we walked by it in the street one day and there was like a sign that said, hey, check this out. We um, stole it. We stole it. Um, <laughs> yeah, just something that we think ben people would benefit from knowing about. So, with that said, Lucy, as our guest of <laughs> honour, do you have your rec for rec for this episode? My rec for rec is me. <laughs> because <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just... Wow, bold. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking about my god complex earlier so <laughs> anyway um i started a account on instagram it's called lucy b beauty because my mom calls me lucy b um on her instagram so i just stole that from her uh anyway so i post my own makeup looks uh i decided to drop out of nursing school and do makeup artistry instead because i watched glow up on Netflix, and I don't know if anyone's seen that with the woman that goes ding dong. So it's so <laughs> and that's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, that's literally. <laughs> no, but I was watching that one day with my friend, thinking about my career choices, and she said to me, "She's like, why don't you just be a makeup artist?" And I was like, "Okay, I mean, fair enough. Let's do it." So now I post on Instagram all the time, and I also post on TikTok at least three times a day. So you can follow me on TikTok. Um, Loose Goose is my TikTok, and Lucy B Beauty is my Instagram. Uh, my rep for rec for this episode is a charity uh, called Mermaids. Uh, they're a charity that helps trans people and trans youth 
uh, with various issues that they have. Uh, it's a great charity that we collected for uh, Ryan's funeral. Um, I just want to recommend them. Please go check them out. Go interact with them. Go follow them. Go support trans people and trans youth because um, they're a community that really need it badly and are very poorly supported by this government and this country. So just, just help them out and, and just fucking, if you're the government, stop being a twat and just let people be people. At the government, stop. At the government. At the government. Leave, leave them the fuck alone and just let them be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, recommended Daisy? myself oh. and you recommended a <laughs> I feel like it would only be fitting to make my rec for rec CC Blooms. Um, yeah. I feel like <laughs> we've all had a variety of experiences in CC Blooms. Most of them, good. Um, I think that it, it's only fitting because um, it's where we all, I would say all three of us attend the most drag nights and also just the most nights out in general. Um, but also it was where I think we all saw Ryan perform as well. And I think that collectively all three of us do bond over drag and queer culture. Um, and I think that the majority of our friendships in my opinion, at least, surround around CC Blooms. So uh, it is a club, gay club in Edinburgh, near the Omni Centre. Um, but like Kyle said, anything that we talk about today um, will be in the link tree. And all previous Rec for Recs will be in the Instagram stories because yeah. I fucked it up <laughs> the last episode. Um, Which might not be in this order. Yeah. <laughs> This guy once had a heart attack outside CC's when I went, like, one okay, of the last so, times I went. <laughs> okay, so what we try and do the with the Rec for Rec is we try and ask people to go there, and what you're saying is that if you go there, you will die. <laughs> Guys, we've, we've chatted a lot. We've spoken a lot about a variety of different stuff. Um, what are people's final thoughts? Lucy, final thoughts? My final thoughts are be here, be queer, and change career. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my final thoughts for this episode are just you're not alone. If you're going through, it doesn't even have to be grief or loss. You're never alone. There is always someone that understands where you come from. Maybe not on the same level, but they do get parts of it and they can help so just don't keep anything you're feeling to yourself just have the conversation <laughs> and we just always say it just just be open be honest if you're in the emotional state to do so don't force it if it doesn't feel right but just work towards having that time of just talking about your feelings and just if something upsets you be honest about it and and if that loses you people, then fuck them. I think grief and loss are maybe two of the hardest things that anyone can can go through. Um, and I think that just be patient with other people and be patient with yourself. And I think also we do this a lot where we sit here and have a very like profound kind of ending. Um, and I, I find it, it could be very easy to just kind of go, okay, cool, whatever. But I do think that we say these things because we mean them, not just because we want to say them. Um, again, have the conversation. We always say it, but it's so true. Have the conversation. Be patient with yourself and other people. And 
yeah, just just the people that are there for you will be there for you, and the people who aren't aren't. And just mm-hmm. and talk to people and don't be afraid of asking for help. That rounds us off for this episode. So uh, I just want to say thank you so much, Lucy, for coming on and speaking to us and being so open and honest. Next time, you guys can pay me for my appearance. We would like to pay ourselves first and fucking foremost. <laughs> uh... So, we'll, so, so, any <laughs> premier in if you're out there, if you're listening. Premier in. <laughs> how, how long away is this episode gonna be? That I don't is know. It's still might... gonna be relevant. Because, well, no, it's never. It was never relevant to begin with. But premier in. I'm not even fucking kidding. If you do not at me on Twitter, I will fucking come to your house and kick the shit out of you. Okay, thank you guys. Bye. I'm so, I just Bye. need to understand why they're not answering me. Like I'm tweeting.